Thanks for hanging out with us today on the Ascent Church Podcast. We hope this encourages you and meets you exactly where you are. Whatever battle you're fighting, know that you are not alone, and we're all in this together. Here's today's message. Well, hey, Ascent Church, I hope you guys are feeling good. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, my name is Thomas Lane. I'm the lead pastor at Ascent Church. Some of y'all call me T-Lane. What we've been doing, let's keep it going. Uh, wherever you're at, please check in. If you're on your couch with your dog, family, friends, whatever, check in. Put it on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Tag us, Ascent Church VA. We love to know where you're at, how you're tuning in. And y'all, thank you for spreading the word. Today, what I want to focus on, we've kind of been talking about this the last several weeks. It's, it's, it's really all about entering a new season. Entering a new season, entering a situation in which you're like, I've never done this before. I've never been in this situation before, especially if you feel a little unqualified or underqualified, right? Is anyone in the house right on? And you can put your hands up. I know we're not like in the same room, but it's okay. Have you ever felt like unqualified for something? How about something that you got into in the last like three, four weeks? This could be with work, with family, anything. I think a lot of us feel that. I think it's kind of a universal thing right now, not only in our city, but state, even our country, we all feel a little unqualified. What I want to talk to you about today is one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. This is in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Joshua. Maybe you're familiar with the story. I can't tell you all of it so much, but I'll give you a little, a, a little summary right now. Moses had led God's people, the Israelites, out of slavery in Egypt, and he led them through the promised land. For 40 years, they wandered around. There were temptations, trials, battles. God did all this stuff. So much happened, and they were just about to cross into the promised land, right? They're just about to cross over, and Moses dies. He passes away. Now, his assistant, longtime assistant, Joshua, who's like a general, great leader, Joshua was now in charge of the people. And this is a new thing because right on, they just crossed the Jordan River, right? They're about to go into the promised land. But between them and the promised land is the city called Jericho. Jericho was heavily fortified. It was a military powerhouse, and God's people had to get through them to get into the promised land. Some of you right now, you know where God's calling you to go. You know who he's calling you to be, but there's something insurmountable right between where you are to where God's calling you to go. There's something that seems impossible blocking the way, and this is the story for you. I'm going to call this one the basics of the battle, the basics of the battle, because I know that you're fighting a battle. Home life right now may feel like a battle. Right on trying to deal, trying to deal with school in a brand new way might feel like a battle. Maybe finances have always felt like a battle, but now more than ever, they feel like a battle. So we're going to break it down. We're going to go slow. Just a few verses here. You know, I like to do a lot. We're going to go slow. These are the basics of the battle. When we enter a new season, there seems to always be a battle. Have you noticed that? Like when you come into a new season, there, need, there seems to be a battle, right? When your kids are going into a middle school, right? It's a battle, right? When you're doing potty training, battle, new relationship, new, new financial opportunity, new struggle, battle, battle, battle. If you have preschoolers, right? Or toddlers, like if you got little kids, every freaking thing is a battle. It's a battle, 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 battle. Put in your seatbelt, battle. Quit hitting your brother, battle. Eat some broccoli, battle. Get in the tub, it's a battle. Every single thing is a battle. Some of y'all are accustomed to battle. Some of y'all are not. But I guarantee you, going into this new season, there are battles everywhere. We're going to start here at Joshua 5. Actually, let's pray, and then we'll jump into the scripture. Father God, we come to you just like Joshua, maybe a little uncertain, maybe a little unsure of what lies ahead, facing some obstacles, ready for a big battle. God, each and every one of us are fighting a battle. God, give us today the basics of the battle. 
as we get ready, as we prepare our hearts to fight whatever you have for us. God, you know what battle we're fighting. God, we lay it at your feet. If it's a, if it's a financial battle, if it's a relational battle, if it's something with our kids or their futures, whatever, God, we give it to you. We ask for your help and we ask for the victory. Go before us as you always do. Your son's good name. Amen. All right, church, let's jump into the scripture. Joshua chapter five. We're going to start at verse 13. Follow along with us if you can. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, all right, he's, he's near Jericho. There's kind of this like pause, this time out. There's kind of this buildup. You can kind of feel the tension building. This is kind of his first big thing, his first real test. And he's probably thinking what a lot of us are thinking, not only in this season, but I've thought this a thousand times. It's this, I've never done this before. Like, I, I've never done this before. I love that the Bible is full of people. I love that God chose to work through people who can honestly look around and say, I've never done this before because that's it's so relatable for me because that's how I feel right now. We've never done church online before. We've never had to pull our kids out of preschool before and do things at home. It's so, so tough. I've never done this before. Now, everything they had been through was challenging, but I think this was the toughest. I mean, think about it. Pandemic, never done this before. Work from home, I've never done this before. Homeschool, homeschool till, till June 10th, what? Till for the rest of the year, what stay home till June 10th? What the heck? I've never done this before. I don't know what to do. Working from home, got kids busting into my Zoom calls when I'm doing work. I've never done this before. This is new ground for all of us, and I'm so glad that we have someone like Joshua who can relate. I've never done this before. Let's go back and read that verse again. It says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, I love these next three words, he looked up. He looked up because I think sometimes when we read the Bible or we hear it in a song or a sermon or something or a devotional, I think sometimes we go so quickly, we miss like the weight of what God packed in there. Because usually when you're reading this, and I've read this so many times, I've missed that. He looked up. But if you think about it, in order to look up, you have to first be looking down. And I love that because that's sometimes the position of our hearts going into a battle, going into a new season. We're looking down. We might not notice it, but we look down. I want to ask you, are you looking down? Like, how, how are you? Like, how's your mental health? Like, are you sleeping? Are you resting? Are you reading the Bible? Are you spending time with God? Like, how are you? Are you looking down? Are you downcast? Are you downcast because of your 401k? Are you downcast because of a financial opportunity? Are, are, you, are, you, are you just downcast? Are you looking down? Joshua was looking down, and that encourages me. Right? And there's so many places in God's Word where it tells us to look up. One of my favorites, it's Psalm 121, verse 1. Follow me. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I came to tell you, lift your eyes. Your help comes from the Lord. He made the heavens. He made the earth. And I came to tell you, He can make a way for you in the season you're in. He can make a way for you in the battle that you're fighting. There's no reason right now to have your head down other than to be praying to him. That's the only reason. To put your head down, to pause, and to say, God, I need you in this season. I need your presence. I need your strength. I need you to make a way where there seems to be no way. But that's the only reason. If you were in Christ, it's the only reason I'll grant you that you should have your head down in this season. Because listen, we should lift our eyes up. I know it's tough. I know it's uncertain. I know you could say, I've never done this before, but may we be a people that can boldly and with confidence throw off fear, throw off timidity and say, listen, I'm going to lift my eyes. Joshua had his eyes down. He's going to lift his eyes. So let's recap again. It's a lot. It says, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up 
and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. This is a threatening pose. Imagine you're hanging out. You think you're alone. You're looking down. By the time you look up, you see someone armed with a sword ready for battle. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Now, I love Joshua's attitude, right? He's kind of how a lot of us are in this time. You can tell the dude's a little on edge. First off, he's the leader. He's an important dude. He's off by himself, which may not be smart before battle. He sees his armed person just standing there. He's ready to go. He's rolling up his sleeve, son. He's like, let's go. Are you for us or for our enemies? He's aggressive. He's ready to go. I've, I've just noticed this. Maybe it's just me. I think it's you too. But when we are on edge, we tend to polarize. We tend to polarize people. We tend to polarize things. That's what Joshua does. He's like, are you with me or are you against me? Are you fighting for me or are you fighting against me? I don't know if you noticed that, but our society has this thing where we really polarize people, don't we? Especially now. Like we almost have this idea of like, hey, do you agree with me or do you hate me? Like we almost in our society don't have this option of, hey, you can disagree and we can be civil. You can disagree and we can be friends. It's almost like, hey, do you agree with me and do you love me or do you disagree with me and hate my guts? Like we don't have a a third way. I don't know why we do that, but I think we do that as a culture. Are you with me or against me? Do you agree with me or do you hate my guts? Are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? Are you a good guy or are you a bad guy? Now, listen, I've seen so much negativity online about how leaders are handling this, this situation, how the government is handling the situation. Let's just, can we just slow down for a second and acknowledge this is really hard. And they, just like you, just like Joshua, they've never done this before. Okay. I see so many people whining and complaining and being negative. Listen, if you're a Christian, right on, we're supposed to speak life. We're not supposed to gossip. We're not supposed to talk smack. We're supposed to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And I'm not saying you can't have an opinion. Absolutely. But I don't know about you, but like when I get on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, I'm I'm on my phone, there's so much negativity in the world. I don't think the world is looking for any more negativity right now or criticism. Right. And I'm not trying to be hard to you because, listen, my life is a mess, too. All right, I wouldn't want you just popping in my house, okay? My life is messy, 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 messy. And I have my moments, and I'm sure you do too. But I see some of y'all, you know, you're pretty harsh towards the government or towards leaders. And listen, I know for a fact, because I know you, I love you enough to tell you this. I know for a fact your life is a mess. It is, it is. You wouldn't want someone just popping in. I know your life is a total mess. And you're having a tough time handling work and your finances and your kids. And you're coming at our leaders, saying, hey, why are you having a tough time leading the country? Why are you struggling with this and that? Listen, you can't even really lead your house super well, right? It's messy. It's hard. And you're going to come at someone struggling to lead in a bigger stage, the state, the country. Guys, let's slow down a little bit, okay? Let's slow down. Let's not be as aggressive as Joshua is. Let's not be as polarizing. Let's see, look, how can we pray for our leaders? How can we help? How can we encourage somebody? Let's just not come at people. Let's just not be aggressive. I don't think the world needs any more negativity right this moment. I'm not saying don't dialogue. I'm not saying don't share your thoughts. No, no, no. I'm saying let's just, let's cool it a little bit. Let's show some grace. All right, y'all, let's move on to verse 14. Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence. And he asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant. I think in tough times, like Joshua's going through, like we're going through, I think when we look at God, 
or when God comes to us, we're really polarizing. I think we're polarizing with people, but I think with, with, with God as well. Because if you notice what he said, he said essentially, are you for me or against me? Are you here to help me or are you here to fight me? I think we do the same thing with God. I know so many churches praying for a miracle. And that's awesome, right? Like, I'm not saying don't do that. Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. But I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I know so many people praying for a miracle, praying for healing, praying for this and that. That's a really good thing to do. That's like saying, God, are you for me? How are you going to bless me? How are you going to be for me in this season? That's not a bad thing at all. But I know a lot of people who are doing the opposite, right? They're, they're saying, God, are you against me? Like, I know a lot of people who deep down, they're like, is God mad at me? Did I do this? Did he forsake us? Did he abandon us? Is he real? People are freaking out. They're doubting their faith. They're they're doubting so much. This is the problem. He's either for me or against me. But there's so much more that God wants to do in your life. Now, once again, I'm not saying we shouldn't look within and say, hey, am I not loving God the way I should? Am I not loving others the way? I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I'm also not saying we shouldn't pray for a miracle. But notice what Joshua does. He says, right, he says, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Sometimes I think we need to forget or kind of walk away from the concept of God as warrior all the time because we love to talk about that and realize that God is also teacher, right? God is warrior, but he's also teacher. And I love this. He's saying, what message does the Lord have for me? Let's be a church that also asks that. Let's ask for a miracle. Let's look within and be introspective. But let's also say, hey, what message do you have for me? I think so often we are so busy, so distracted, and so polarizing of things. We don't do that, but I love that. Let's be like Joshua now. There's a shift now. Now he's doing things right. Let's be a church that can be humble, that can lay down before God and say, hey, what message do you have for me? What would happen if your family did that? If you did that? If you said, God, how do you want me to lead my family through this season? How do you want me to use my finances in this season to bless the church, to bless others? How do you want me, God, to use all this downtime that I now have to bless the city, to bless others? God, what message do you have for his servant? Let's position ourselves as servants. Let's do that. And let's ask God, what message do you have for me? That's better. That's way better. Let's ask some questions. Not just saying, God's out to get me. And not just saying, oh, what miracles are we going to see? Let's ask some questions. What message do you have for me? And yes, what, what he does, he does see Joshua. He does give him the message on how to defeat the, how to take down the city of Jericho. That's awesome. That's great. But before he does that, before he does that, the first thing he says is this. This is easy to miss, right? This is it. Because listen, Joshua says, hey, what message does the Lord have for me? This is the first thing he says, 15. The commander of the Lord's army replied. This is the message. This is the first part of the message. It's this. It's take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. You see, we have this idea that the struggle is bad. The in-between is bad. And all this builds up for the battle and the battle itself. Like the, there's, there's so much confusion and tension here. But we have this idea that the struggle is bad. The in-between is bad. And it's kind of like, hey, I'll get through this season and then I'll be on the holy ground. Right? Like I'll get through all this stuff that I'm dealing with and then I'll get to the holy ground. It's like some of you, let's be honest. You're like, hey, when I get that new car, I'll be on holy ground. When I get back to work, baby, I'll be on holy ground. Some of you are like, when I finally get me a man, Right? I'll be on holy ground. When school finally starts back up, somebody praise him, I'll be on holy ground. That's what some of us are thinking. When I get there, 
I'll be on holy ground. But the messenger comes to Joshua, looks him straight in the eye, and he says, listen, you need to know the battle is holy ground. The in-between is holy ground. The waiting is holy ground. So take off your shoes because the place you are standing is holy ground. And I came to tell you, whatever you're going through right now, take off your shoes because you are standing on holy ground. We forget that God is active. We forget that he's working. We forget that he's present, but he's just as active now. He may be more active than ever before. The place in which you are standing is holy ground. It's holy ground. It's a holy thing. But listen, here's what I want to break this down. If you're taking notes, please start. Write this down. Listen, the in-between is holy ground. It is. The battle itself is holy ground. And some of you are mad, but listen, you're like, I can't get to church. You're still on holy ground. You're like, I can't get to group. You're still on holy ground. Listen to me. If you are in between, if you are struggling, if you are fighting, guess what? You are on holy ground. God is present. God is active. God is moving. You are on holy ground and you are exactly where you need to be in this season. I know it's frustrating. I know it's hard, but it's still holy. He said, take off your shoes for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Well, guys, this reminds me of one of my all-time favorite movies. And when I say it, you're, you're going to smile if you've seen it because it's a classic. It's called The Sandlot. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You remember it, don't you? You're going to watch it on Disney Plus or whatever. You're going to find it and watch it. It's a great movie. Um, when I was a youth pastor, we would take these long bus trips and we'd go to camp. Long six, eight, ten-hour trips. And your boy would get to pick what we watched on the way. I ain't watching what the teenagers wanted to watch. I would pick. It was my job to educate them on classic cinema, right? So one year I said, I'm bringing the Sandlot. Everybody loves the Sandlot. So I got the Sandlot. I put in the Sandlot. And we started to watch the Sandlot. And I realized the language was bad on the Sandlot. I don't know if I was watching like the TV version or what, but I was like, man, the language, language was worse than I thought. We had to cut, we had to cut the Sandlot. But if you don't know the Sandlot, right on, maybe I grew up on like the TV version or whatever. If you don't know it, it's a bunch of kids, they play ball in a Sandlot, right? And one day they don't have a ball. So this kid, he gets his dad, I think her stepdad's ball signed by Babe Ruth. And they knock it into like the, the neighbor's yard. It's like this junkyard. And there's a big, nasty guard dog and they can't get the ball back. And that's the whole movie. That's the whole movie, right on, that, that, that they're trying to get the ball back. And their leader, his name's Benny, finally it comes down to this. He's going to, what he calls, he's going to pickle the beast. He's going to jump the fence, run over to the ball, grab it, run back to the fence, and jump across before the dog, the beast, can get to him. But he's got these old shoes. They would never work. He needs something better. So he pulls out the brand spanking new PF flyers guaranteed to make a kid run faster and jump higher and there's this like big moment he like laces up the pf flyers and everyone's like wow everyone's really excited it's a big deal it's a big moment and he does it. he gets the ball and makes it over the fence it leads to a great chasing it's an amazing movie you should check it out the you know the tv version but what i love is how they felt right because that's how we feel Right? It's the same as Joshua. He was up against this challenge and he felt like he didn't have what it takes. And, and these guys said, hey, there's no way we're going to you know, defeat the beast. There's no way we're going to get ahead. I need something different on my feet. I need some PF flyers. I need something faster. I need to be better. I need to be stronger. It's fascinating. That my, one of my favorite movies in the Bible say almost the exact 
same thing. The Bible essentially says this. It says, hey, you want to win? You got to be barefoot in the battle. You want to receive something from God? You want to get to that place he's calling you to go? You, you want to advance? You want to win the battles he's calling you to fight? You want to really, really, really do well in this new season? You got to be barefoot in the battle. Now, if you're like, I've never heard this before. This feels weird. Like, why do I got to be barefoot? Some of our worship team, right, when they're leading, they want to be barefoot. Like, what's the big deal? I don't know if you know this, but in the Old Testament, when the priests were ministering, right, when they were doing like priestly stuff before God, they went barefoot. When they went to work, they went barefoot. It was a holy stance. It shows humility. It shows vulnerability. It shows reliance on God. It's almost as if they're saying, hey, Joshua, do you want to win this battle? Like, notice what he's doing. He's aggressive. He's angry. He's isolated. They're almost saying, hey, don't be so aggressive and angry and isolated. If you want to win, we got to strip away some things. I need you in a position of humility. To win, I need you in a position of vulnerability. we got to strip some things away. Listen to me. If you know the story, you know they won the battle. The greatest military victory they ever had. You know how it was won? It was one barefoot. It was one barefoot. You facing your current struggle, if you want to win, listen to me, you got to win it barefoot. And the greatest battle ever won in the history of the world, the battle over death itself that Jesus Christ fought for you, did you know it was one barefoot? Y'all, Jesus Christ was barefoot on the cross. Follow me to Matthew 27, verse 35. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Jesus Christ on the cross, he had everything taken from him. He lost his family, his friends, his followers, his honor, his clothes, even even his shoes. As he performed the ultimate sacrifice for me and for you. Did you know how he fought that battle? Do you know how he waged that war? He's teaching us something. Don't miss it. He did so. Barefoot. Jesus Christ won the battle for you. Barefoot. Humble. Vulnerable before God. And if you want to win the battle you're fighting, if this is a parenthood struggle, if this is an economic battle, if it's something big like Jericho, this uncertain situation, which you're saying, I don't know if I've ever been here before, the only way to win is you must do it barefoot. Humble. Vulnerable. Open before God fully trusting him. And church, I don't know exactly what you're walking through right now. I know there's so much on you. I know there's so much you're going through. And I don't know exactly what you're walking through right now. But friends, here's what I want to tell you. If you forget all else, I want you to lean into this. I want you to remember this. Friends, whatever battle you're fighting, whatever struggle you're up against, here's my advice for you. Take off your shoes. Because you're standing on holy ground. Let us pray to him. Father God, you're the one who walks us through our battles, who guides us through our battles, who protects us in our battles. Father God, we are like Joshua. We're constantly up against things we feel like we are not ready for. We're not able to win. We've never been here before. God, thank you for showing the position that our hearts must be in for victory. We must be barefoot. We must be humble. We must be vulnerable. We must be fully relying on you because you and you alone bring the victory. 
You and you alone lead us into battle. Our strength will never get us through. You must guide us. You must lead us. You must provide for us. Father God, we rely too much on our own strength. Forgive us if we're acting like Joshua. Forgive us if we get away from others and we isolate ourselves. Forgive us if we get angry and, 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 and really just polarizing. And God, forgive us if our heads are down. Father God, lift our eyes. Change the condition of our hearts. Know that you are with us, that you're for us. And the only way to win the battle is to change that condition of our hearts. Maybe be barefoot, humble, vulnerable, open. We love you, God. We thank you for who you are, for what you've done. Thank you for showing us how to win that battle. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message and we'd love to stay connected. So make sure to click subscribe. We love to spread the word and you can help take the message to others. Leaving a quick review, sharing it with someone or connecting with us on social all make a huge difference. A special thanks to you who give generously to make this ministry possible. And if God is calling you to partner with us, visit us at ascentchurch.net. We love you and know that you are not alone.